The opinion piece by the doctor for the New York Times says there are four types of folks who are resisting the COVID vaccine. The watchful, the cost-anxious, the system distrusters, and COVID skeptics. None of these describes Ula. I'm Shannon Hayes, and you're listening to Season 2, Episode 9 of The Hearth of Sapbush Hollow, a story about vaccines and asses. Welcome to the Hearth of Sapbush Hollow, chronicles and lessons from a life tied to family, community, and the land. I'm Shannon Hayes, and I operate Sapbush Hollow Farm with three generations of my family in the northern Catskill Mountains of New York State. I'm the chef owner of Sapbush Cafe, a farm-to-table and neighbor-to-neighbor experience, open Saturdays 9 to 2 in our tiny hamlet of West Fulton, and I'm also the author of a few books, including Radical Homemakers, The Grass-Fed Gourmet, and my newest title, Redefining Rich, which is due out from Ben Bella Books in August. And if you want to earn a summer-long discount to the online farm store and help me promote it, stay tuned till the end of this episode where I'll tell you how. This podcast is the audio version of my blog, which can be found at sapbush.com or theradicalhomemaker.net. She was fine when each of us became available for the vaccine and she remained below the age threshold. She never resists double masking, even as the rest of us are able to now go mask-free. And she never complained when every tentative plan with a friend was suspended unless proper quarantine measures could be instituted. But now she's eligible, and she's not champing at the bit to start on the path to freedom. Is it the needles? No, she vaccinates the sheep herself. No issue with needles. Is it about putting something into her body? The idea of accepting a relatively new vaccine is a tiny bit unsettling, but she watched her grandparents, her parents, Corey, and Sersha all weigh the issues carefully. We all chose to take it. She never debated with any of us on those grounds, and she saw that none of us had any adverse side effects. Something else entirely is stimulating my 14-year-old's vaccine hesitancy. I'm in the bath, soaking in Epsom salts Saturday night. The cafe today was crazy. My feet are killing me. Ula comes in and perches on a stool beside the tub. 
I don't want to think about how many miles that kid put in, carrying plates of omelets, pastries, and coffees to hungry guests. Then, as soon as closing time rolled around, she was off to the farm to give a tour, then to spend time training Hote, our young guardian donkey. Ula regales us with her exploits with Hote every night. She mimics his faces, reports in what ways he was naughty, how she disciplined him, and how he responded. No Hote story concludes without my being reduced to a heap of laughter, especially when she sums it up with his signature breaths. before she releases his toddler's version of a bray. But I gently nudge her past tonight's story. Summer is rolling in fast, and with it will come the question about social gatherings with her friends. And that's where the vaccine hesitancy lies. Ula was always my social butterfly. Where Sersha was usually content with her solitude, Hula has always made friends wherever she went. We used to joke she was a lonely extrovert in a family of introverts. But prior to the pandemic, life was changing fast. The issues of teen sexuality and gender identity were bubbling to the surface, just as they do for every kid that age. She witnessed bullying at summer camp, negotiated confusing sexual advances, and was daily torn trying to protect herself emotionally without wanting to hurt anyone else's feelings. That's a really hard thing for an empathic kid to do. She feels what everyone else feels so powerfully, she must work really hard to identify which feelings are hers and which are someone else's. That makes it tough to set boundaries. And then along came a pandemic, and the boundaries were set for her. No, you cannot get closer than six feet. No, you cannot remove your mask. No, I will not remove my mask. Ula retreated to the shelter of family and farm. Her world was clearly defined, and she moved within it, becoming best friends with her donkey foal, spending every afternoon with him. And I breathed a sigh of relief. It was as though fate let me put a giant glass dome over my daughter, preserving her childhood innocence for just a little bit longer. For an entire year, I never had to worry once about where she was, who she was with, or what insidious emotional tortures were being inflicted upon my kid by some angsty adolescent. Sure, she met up with friends online, but all those exchanges were buffered by the grounding realities of farm and family life. She witnessed the exchanges from a safe distance and brought any concerns immediately to us. We kept her safe and free from injury. The only wounds my daughter battled were from a bite crash and Hote's nips. The vaccine means the glass dome comes off. Ula returns to growing up in a modern world. Is she ready to face it again? She openly admits she doesn't feel ready to unmask. I'm sinking deeper into the steamy bathwater as the subject turns once more to Hote. He's really stubborn. I guess that goes without saying. He likes to bite. She bought him a ball and he picks it up to smack her with it. 
When she leads him by his rope halter, he bites the rope. So she gave him a piece of rope to carry in his mouth while she leads him. Daily, she picks up his feet to train him to accept the handling. Daily, he kicks at her. But each day passes, and Ula gets a little stronger. She's learning that if she's too sensitive to Hote's feelings, he bites her. If she's indecisive, he bites her. If she doesn't firmly discipline him, he bites her. And I notice that in this time with him, her voice has changed. It's lower, more confident, less shrill. Her empathic abilities let her tune into him, which has led her to become a fabulous raconteur of their adventures, telling the tale from both their points of view. But she's learning that feeling his feelings doesn't mean she should give in to him. If she does, it could be bad for them both. And that's when I recognize the crux of Ula's vaccine hesitancy. She doesn't want to confront those angsty teen coming-of-age dramas unmasked from closer than six feet, because I don't want her to. And before the pandemic, she really did struggle with them. But she's grown. She is so much stronger now. She's literally spent the last six months learning how to handle an ass. If I don't step back and let her take the reins on her life, I'll be the ass. The conversation drifts back to the vaccine. I think I'm ready to get it, she tells me. I think I'm going to be okay. I think she is too. Two days later, she gets her first injection. She calls her friends to let them know. Five weeks till freedom. And all that comes with it for both daughter and mother. If you're interested in reading the article I referenced above, it was written by Dr. Seema Seguer, Meet the Four Kinds of People Holding Us Back from Full Vaccination, printed by the New York Times on May 18th. Folks, don't forget that my newest book, Redefining Rich, Achieving True Wealth with Small Business, Side Hustles, and Smart Living, will be launching through Ben Bella Books this August. And as I mentioned at the beginning, there's a way that you can help me get the word out and earn a summer-long discount at our online farm store. We are looking to put together a launch team of volunteers who can help promote it. If you're interested in joining, details are at the top of the blog page at sapbush.com. But basically, we're asking you to pre-order a copy of the book, fill out our launch team form, which is found at the top of the sapbush.com blog, promote the book through your social media channels, request the book at your local bookstore and library, and leave a review wherever the book was purchased. But wait, it does get better. As an expression of my thanks, here's what you will receive in return. First and foremost, a 15% discount code for anything in the online store at sapbushfarmstore.com, good through July 31st, 2021. A free digital chapter from the book in advance of the release date. Entry into a giveaway for a signed copy of the book and a throw blanket from my store. Official graphics for sharing on social media. And, this is my favorite... An invite to an exclusive virtual book club meeting so I can answer any questions you may have once you've received your copy. 
note, book club sessions are going to be limited to 10 participants per session to ensure everyone has a chance to talk. We will keep adding on additional sessions until every launch team member who wants one can get it. So everyone gets a chance to have an intimate hang, bring coffee or cocktails, depending on the time, and we'll have a lot of fun together. So please sign up. Just go to sapwish.com, click on the blog, and the details are at the top. In other news, Sapwish Cafe is open for outdoor dining, takeout, and a small amount of indoor dining on Saturdays from 9 to 2. We've expanded our breakfast and brunch offerings, and we're even offering some wine, beer, and great cocktails, including an amazing Bloody Mary. If you wanted to come stay with us this season, please make your reservations as soon as possible for either our Airbnb, you'll find it listed as Farm to Table Retreat on Panther Creek, or our tender site listed as Calico Ridge at Sapbush Hollow Farm. You can find links to both at sapbush.com. You can also go there to learn more about our grass-fed meats, weekly cafe specials, wool yarn, our all-natural wool bedding, and how to save on your grocery bills with our CSA meat shares. You can also find out more about my books and how to schedule me for a speaking event or class or just pose a question you'd like me to answer on air. If you enjoyed this, please take a few minutes to leave a review. This helps other folks find my work. And if you could share this podcast with friends and family, so much the better to help get the ideas to spread. This podcast happens with the support of my patrons on Patreon. And this week, I'd like to send a shout out to my patrons, Sarah Carker and Sally Golden. Thank you, folks. I couldn't do it without you. If you'd like to help support my work, you can do so for as little as $1 a month by hopping over to Patreon and looking up Shannon Hayes. In case you were wondering, this podcast was produced and edited by the sexiest man alive, my husband, Bob Hooper, and the great music we are listening to comes to us from Emory, spelled E-M-O-R-I-E, because I'm hearing more and more of you want to go look her up. She is on all the major online venues. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Now the birds are singing.